This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and it's Friday. I'm Tyler, and the article I'm about to share comes from the Bigger Pockets blog. You can find a wealth of information on the site, or by searching Bigger Pockets in any podcast app. Maybe that's how you found this show. So let's get to it. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. Ugh. But now, with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with a tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. Will investors with high credit scores pay more now? What the new mortgage rules actually mean by Andrew Sirios. There's been a lot of alarm in the real estate investment community lately over a newly enacted Federal Housing Finance Agency rule for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans regarding mortgage fees. The gist of the complaint is that homeowners with good credit will now have to subsidize those with bad credit. What? Okay, technically this is true. However, the way it is being framed is quite misleading. The general argument goes something like this. Those with a 620 FICO score will get a 1.75% discount, and those with a 740 FICO score will pay 1%. 
Or there's a popular tweet that says home buyers with credit scores of 680 or higher will pay $40 per month more on a home loan of $400,000. Buyers with down payments of 15 to 20% will get socked with the largest fees. Buyers with riskier credit ratings and lower down payments will get lower rates and fees. Biden to hike payments for good credit home buyers to subsidize high-risk mortgages. While what is said there is technically correct, it sounds much worse than it is. First and foremost, this would only affect Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans. This accounts for most loans made to homeowners, but would not affect FHA and VA loans, nor the non-conforming loans that a lot of investors get. The fee being discussed here is called the Loan Level Price Adjustment, or LLPA, which predominantly takes into account the borrower's FICO score and the LTV of the mortgage. To a lesser extent, it also takes into account whether the property is owner-occupied or not, if it's a condo or single-family residence, whether it's a second or first mortgage, and if there is any cash out on a refinance. The LLPA fee is then effectively added to the mortgage. So, quick example, if the mortgage is $100,000 and has a 1% LLPA, the LLPA would be, you got it, 1000 bucks. This could be paid as a fee but is more often absorbed by the lender in exchange for a higher interest rate on the loan. This added cost on the mortgage is to cover Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac from the added risk of lending to riskier borrowers. Riskier borrowers, by the way, are still paying more. The mistake being made by many here is that the percentages given are the changes, not the totals. Well, not quite even that. So, the 1% fee mentioned is what someone with a 740 FICO score would pay if they are taking out an 80-85% to 85% LTV loan. The 1.75% discount in air quotes that you can't see in audio form <laughs> is not the fee someone with a 620 FICO score would actually pay, but instead the reduction in that fee from before. Does that make sense? So in this case, it's for someone taking out a 95% LTV loan or higher. Before this rule was passed, by the way, the LLPA fee for someone with a 620 FICO score taking out a 95% loan was 3.5%. Now, it is 1.75%, a 1.75% reduction. Okay, here's an example. Let's say you have a FICO score of 640. You will be paying significantly more than if you had a FICO score of 740. Using an 80% loan-to-value ratio as an example, your LLPA at 640 is 2.25% versus 0.875% for a 740 score. That's a 1.375% difference, or just over $4,000 on a 300K mortgage. This is almost half the previous difference, and that's certainly a big change. In fact, this rule change was made back on January 1st, 2023, and only came into effect right now. We have a link to the announcement from the Federal Housing Finance Agency, and also a link to the full loan level price adjustment matrix from Fannie Mae itself at biggerpockets.com. The long and short story of this is, however, that those with low credit will still pay more than those with high credit, okay? The real estate world has not been put completely upside down. <laughs> But is it still a subsidy for those with low credit? All right, so at the beginning of the podcast, all the way back four minutes ago, I said 
this new rule still involved those with good credit subsidizing those with bad, given those with good credit still pay less. How is that so? The reason is that those with low credit scores are much more likely to go into default than those with good credit, and the difference is probably bigger than most people realize. For example, a white paper from FICO, I love white papers, concluded their model showed that at a score of 800, we expect approximately 180 borrowers to consistently pay their loans on time for every one borrower that defaults. This compares quite favorably to consumers with a score of 600, where one out of every 11 borrowers is expected to have payment problems. Another paper, doesn't say white, maybe green, found that between 2000 and 2002, those with a FICO score of 750 or more had a probability of default of just 1%, whereas those with a score of 600 to 649 had a default rate of 15.8%, and those under 500 had a default rate of a whopping 41%. Similar results were found in another study by the SEC of mortgages taken out between 97 and 2009. The general result should not be surprising, although the size of the discrepancy might be too many. Does the 2008 financial crisis make a little more sense now, maybe? Hmm? The LLPA is meant to cover some of this added risk, but it would appear that even the old LLPAs were a bit generous, especially given the average loss of a bank takes on a mortgage that gets foreclosed on is something like 40%. Reducing the LLPA for risky borrowers is likely going to increase the costs to Fannie and Freddie even more so. Imagine that. And as basic economics would indicate, that loss would need to be made up for by increasing rates across the board, including on borrowers with high credit ratings. Thus, it is true. This rule is likely to mean that borrowers with high credit ratings will be subsidizing those with low ratings. But no, the outrage clickbait headlines are actually false. Now, borrowers with low credit ratings will not be paying less than borrowers with high credit ratings. That's completely misleading, and it's important to be precise about what exactly is happening. So I hope this helps. Thanks for listening to this show, and enjoy your weekend. Me? I'll be back here with another show tomorrow. I can't remember the last time I took a day off. <laughs>